Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Boy, it's hard to believe it's Wednesday already. That is tough. This week is just blowing by. And we're just moving right along, coming to the end of September. By the time this week is done, so will this month. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be in October next week in Psalm 58, but right now Psalm 57. man. It's going by. It's going gone by. by. It's funny, I do remember back when I, I, I was talking to someone the other day and mentioning, you know, the whole COVID thing, and they're like, can you believe it's been two and a half years, almost three years since that all started? Man, it has just flown by. And I said, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really been, kind it's of funny. Been, it's been the longest month to stop the curve ever. Well, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, right now I do look back and I feel like, yeah, boy, blip. I, it's hard for me to, I, I kind of lost those two years, but I remember when I was going through them, it felt like the longest time ever. It was a how long we, time. How we experience time is so relative. Yeah. You know, when time flies when you're having fun. That's right. And it just takes forever for that sermon to get done. Well, you know, <laughs> it's it's fascinating you bring it, because even as you say that, it makes me think. You know, here is David hiding out in a cave again, or for a while. Yeah, he's able to compose psalms. I mean, what you what do, what do you do with the time <laughs> when you? It had to feel like long days, man, when you're getting hunted all over the place. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. So here's Psalm 57. I'm going to read it from the New American Standard 95 edition for the choir director, set to Itasheth, a michtam of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. So when I read it from the New American Standard, I try to put that in there because it actually includes the H in Mictum. Oh. So the ESV just says M-I-K, so yeah. I just say Mictum. Right. But here in the New American Standard, Mictum. A Mictum. But what David. was it you said before that? Al, let's see, so this is the, so it's the Hebrew, smallest right? print. Yeah. Al-Tashbeth, Al-Tasheth, that's it, Al-Tasheth. Okay. So that's the small. This is you, you've you've handed me the smallest print Bible we have, and my eyes have gotten old <laughs> and tired, and the choir director is fading. Anyway, and then that's even smaller. So here it is for the choir director set to Altasheth, a michtam of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until destruction passes by. I will cry to God Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. I must lie among those who breathe forth fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be over all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. 
Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be over all the earth. Mm. Amen. Let your glory be over all the earth. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. You know, isn't it wonderful how much praise is in this psalm? We've uh, focused uh, our attention the last couple of discussions thinking about his really uh, a deep, genuine, urgent need for refuge and protection because of all the events around him. And yet he talks about, I'm going to wake the dawn with praises. I'm going to get through this night with the lions. Uh, your your praise is going to fill all the earth just as, as it, it praises in heaven. We want to have this praise in earth. Yes. Praise, praise, praise. It's all over the place. In fact, we have in verse 3, he will send from heaven and save me. We have God in heaven, God in his dwelling place in heaven heaven. And the reason is, is he will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness, or excuse me, I should say what he does is send out his steadfast love and faithfulness. The very first thing that I grab from that, and we see this again and again and again and again and again in the Psalms, is the name of God. Mm -hmm. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness or loving kindness and truth as some translations uh, translate that. Yep. This is who God is. And he abounds in steadfast love to thousands or maybe even to the thousandth generation forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty. This is the name of God. We've got to get this in our heads. It is, it is obviously very important. He will send forth from heaven. Why? Because he has steadfast love and faithfulness or loving mm-hmm. kindness and truth. This is his nature. And so there in his dwelling place, though he is in heaven, this is what he sends among us into the earth. And because of this steadfast love and faithfulness that reaches up to the clouds, and so we get back to that name in verse 10, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. This is who God is, his nature in that heavenly realm above is exalted and glorified. And so he then says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I got to tell you that in reading this psalm and focusing on the praise as we are today, I see again the distinction between a King Saul and a King David. In what way? Well, it comes to mind that what does King Saul do? He's willing to kill priests. Hmm. What does King David do? He writes psalms. Yeah. You know, when God looked at the heart of David, right, here was the man after God's own heart, and what a difference. King Saul was chosen by God, but his his heart was hardened. Mm. He was fearful. He was fearful of the people. He did not seek refuge in God in any of these sort of pressure points in his life. He went the wrong way. And not that David is the perfect man, but he does understand and come back to, I must trust in God. I must follow God. God must be the refuge and the protection, even in these hard times. Um, it's it's really, to me, a, a bit of a study in dispositions here. And I, I understand, I guess, more or better why it is that Saul was to be replaced by David. Sure, sure. Yeah, the contrast, and again, the contrast is not one sinned and the other one didn't. Mm-mm. The contrast is what one did when presented with sin. Yeah. And David turns to God, Saul turns deeper into his sin. Well, and even what does one do when he is faced with 
hardships or challenges. You know, I, I think about one of uh, Saul's first great errors in 1 Samuel 13, that uh, he's afraid that the people are going to disperse from him. He needs to keep that army together to go fight some Philistines. But where's the prophet Samuel? Why won't he come and offer a sacrifice so we can, you know, go fight these Philistines and have God on our side? Forget it. I can't wait. You know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid these people are going to leave. I will, I will make the sacrifice myself. Um, and about the time he's done with that, Samuel shows up. Right. Right? He goes into sin and violating worship because of his fear. Well, he's taking refuge in the people instead of in God. Mm-hmm. He's taking the refuge in the people instead of in God behind the people and the recognition that God could send a thousand to flight with just one person. Yeah. If that's what God wants to do, which is, of course, what he does do through Jonathan mm-hmm. and Jonathan's armor bearer. Yeah, that's exactly kind right. Kind of in same that chapter, same time. Same area. And here, okay, as you're telling this, uh, these events around Saul's life, it actually, I'm thinking about what God said when Nadab and Abihu offered ungodly, unauthorized fire. Mm-hmm. And as he strikes them down with fire from heaven, he yes. says, I will be glorified among men. Yeah, must be holy among my people. And, yeah. and here in this psalm, I, I, here's something I hear in this psalm. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, as, as one who listens to Jesus and says, I want to do the things Jesus did, and I want to say what Jesus said, and I want to follow his teaching— I recall that Jesus taught about prayer. They, mm-hmm. they came to Jesus yes. and they asked him about prayer. And then in the Sermon on the Mount, he taught on prayer. And his first lesson on prayer was along these lines. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven yeah. And it's very literally those statements there, what, what's being said is our Father in, in the heavens. In heaven. In the heavens. It's, liter- it's actually plural there. Our Father in the heavens. Your name must be hallowed, your kingdom must come, your will must be done, as it is in heaven, so also on earth. That's a very literal rendering mm-hmm. of, of those statements that Jesus makes there. And in fact, it's very much one sentence. All those things go together about the, the being hallowed, sanctified, the glory of God, and the rule of God, and the will of God. It, it is in heaven. Yes. It, which... That reminds me of the psalm. The psalm talks about God in heaven. Yeah. He, he's going to send salvation from heaven. That's where he is. And his glory is exalted above the heavens. And where does it now need to be? It needs to be in oh, yeah. earth. Yeah. I need to be glorified among my people. Among my people, I will be seen as holy. How do we do that? By doing what he says. Now, those opening lines of the Lord's Prayer there seem to be the last verse here of this psalm. Yes. Yeah. It's I I think that's I think so. Yeah. I think these are we could say two different versions of the same prayer. Mm. God's glory must be extended throughout the earth. Which then when we get to the last half of the prayer that Jesus taught, that all all three of those statements and and I don't have time to walk through all three of them, but I know you and I have talked about our own agency, our own involvement, our own partnership with God yeah. because what those last three statements is, okay, those first three things I said that your name must be hallowed and your kingdom must come and your will must be done on earth as it is in heaven. The next three requests about daily bread and forgive as I have forgiven and deliver us from temptation, give us victory over the evil one. Those are actually all saying, God, here's how much I mean it. Those three things, your name being hallowed, your kingdom come, your will being done. Start with me. Yeah. Start with me. Absolutely. It's ridiculous for me to say your name needs to be hallowed on earth as it is in heaven, but hey, start with him. Right. 
Yeah, that's so true, that we need to be acting out in faith and obedience to the Word of God. That's how His rule is going to be manifest here. When I do it, when I submit to His rule, when I practice His rule, the kingdom, the rule comes on earth. It's already right in heaven. It's where it ought to be in heaven. Uh, but let it be here and let it be in me. So when I, I, it's a wonderful praise. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That's not just a direction to God. Mm-hmm. That That is claiming, God, I want what you want. I want your glory over all the earth. But that means I want your glory in me, over me. I want your glory to rule me. I want I want to be an instrument of your glory. So how do I do that, Andrew? How how do I how do I act as an instrument of God's glory? Well, well, can I come back again to these two people we're talking about here with Saul and David? You know, with with David, I very much see that that he is going to be an instrument of the glory of God because he is going to walk in faith with God's word and his will even when it's difficult to do. Uh, even if it means resisting the temptation, as we talked about yesterday or a couple of episodes ago, when he could uh, kill his enemy Saul in the cave, he could act that way. But what keeps him from it? Oh, I must remember he is the Lord's anointed. I cannot raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. That's raising my hand against the Lord's will. Mm. If I'm going against the Lord's will, his kingdom has not come. His kingdom is not on earth. We must keep the Lord's will. I- I'm not whereas, my own. Whereas Saul is chucking spears at the Lord's anointed. Right. You right, know? Right. I, I'm not my own authority. Mm-hmm. I am not. I'm not the center of my own universe. I, I don't get... It's not about me and my happiness and my wants and my will. Jesus, all authority has been given to him. Mm-hmm. He's the king. It's his will. It's his kingdom. It's his Amen. rule. And I need to remember that he is the authority. And what I want is for his glory, not mine, to fill the earth. Yeah, amen. Which is a struggle as a podcaster because far too often as a podcaster, I want my glory to fill the earth. Oh, listen to my podcast because of how great I am. That That's a struggle I have as a preacher, mm. as a as somebody who writes, as someone who's involved in this podcast, and getting in that comp- competitive mindset as, as if it's about me, which is why I have to remember the prayer, not, not my glory, Lord. It's not about me. Your name. Not my name. Your name. Yeah. God, your glory, fill the earth. It's the the same prayer here as the one Jesus has taught us, really, in essence. And so now... It kind of reminds me of the story, you know, of uh, the donkey that was uh, carrying Christ down into Jerusalem. Okay. And uh, all the people are shouting hosannas, and they are laying the palm trees down, you know, in front of the donkey, and the donkey gets confused... I haven't heard this part of the story. Go on. might begin to think that this is about me. (laughs) (laughs) Look how great I am. But no, 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 no. It was about who was riding on the donkey. Oh, yeah. And it's it's a humbling lesson for the preachers to remember. Uh, We're... We're just the donkeys <laughs> carrying the Lord, and not to get those roles confused. Well, thank you for that. That's <laughs> that. I needed that reminder. I needed that. How about we go ahead and end with a prayer ourselves, brother? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, so much for today. And we want to repeat the prayer, Father, that you are great and your glory is in heaven. Your name is hallowed. And uh, so may it always be from our lips. Your rule, Father, be in us and be on this earth as it is in heaven. Father, that all things come together for your glory and in your perfect will. Thank you for saving us in Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.